five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Paul Andrigo here, realestatepodcastshow.com. Um, I've got the absolute um, dream job this week uh, as my um, not just world's okayest, uh, and that's my shirt, world's okayest realtor, uh, but I also get to play world's okayest podcaster. Um, and, and this is beyond okay because uh, uh, it's just been such a fantastic week and it's only Tuesday. It's my daughter's birthday today as well. She turned 17. I'm absolutely um, overjoyed about uh, having that uh, as, a, as a great day. But I also have the, uh, the wonderful Chris Smith as a guest um, on the podcast. And uh, I, I really can't be, again, as I said in the beginning, I couldn't be happier to have you here. So thanks for joining me today to talk about the second edition of Conversion Code. So thanks, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me on and happy birthday to your daughter. That's, well, uh, that's very nice. She's going to yes. love hearing that. I, I didn't really know if I was going to mention it, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, I don't ask permission anymore. I just ask forgiveness. <laughs> I, I, I've learned that. I would rule. say no to everything. That's all. Oh, yeah. Something. Yeah. Well, if you've got kids, you, you, yeah. you're, you know, you're on the same page, you get it. Um, so anyways, I, I want to really sort of jump into this. I know how valuable and, and how uh, precious your time is. Um, so I want to talk about, again, let's maybe start off with the genesis, if I can use that word, of the original conversion code and um, how the second edition um, sort of grew from that, I presume, you know, uh, sure. like any good sequel. So yeah. Well, there's sort of two genesis of the book. One would be sort of my journey as a salesman, you know, and the things I learned along that path, you know, that's when the notes for the book sort of started, right? I mean, yeah. if I'm being fair, I'm yeah, yeah. peeling back the covers of my experience at these billion dollar companies, publicly traded companies, billionaires, Dan Gilbert, Lou Pearlman. I was, yeah, I remember that, know, uh, the Pearlman Rocket story, Mortgage, so. yeah. uh, this, the guy in Orlando, Lou Pearlman, he discovered NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears. So my, the genesis is just boiler room sales. Yeah. And people don't ask me this very often and I, I don't really, you know, I like to teach. I, I don't really, I'm not a motivational speaker. I don't tell you how I was down and out and now I'm doing great. Like I, I feel very blessed. I've kind of always been doing great. So I don't okay. have that story to tell, right. but I will say, you know, I was trying to open a business with a friend. I was living, you know, up in Tallahassee. We were trying to go big on this like nightclub, restaurant, college town concept. And it, it just, it just sort of fell apart and stalled out. And I was at that uh, you know, call your parents. Can I have some money? I just, I just need another month, a couple months, hook me up. And they said, no, but you can have your room back, you know, yeah. like, and I tucked my tail between my legs and moved back home and was, you know, living there for. So would uh, you, would you week. call that the roadhouse years? I'm not sure if I, I have another <laughs> reference to use. I'm sorry if it's offensive. Um, yeah. But would you call was, that uh, maybe the roadhouse? Yeah, <laughs> moment I was, in your life? I was yeah. back at home and I hated it. And yeah. It was miserable and I felt like a failure. And so I was looking for jobs and, you know, most companies will hire anybody and give them a phone and give them a list and say, good luck. It, it's very high churn. Uh, you know, they're used to mass hiring, mass layoffs, right. And yeah. sales. So I got hired at a company called fashion rock. We were dialing for dollars, pre-social media, pre-internet marketing, digital marketing, more like the, if you're walking around the mall with your daughter, let's mm. say when she was younger yeah, and you know, the, Oh, your daughter could be a model. 
Like, you know, have you ever thought about getting your daughter into modeling? Right. Yeah. And that was like a funnel, you know, they would get your information. And then I was sort of what, and there was other ads too and stuff, but that was the funnel. And I would end up talking to people that wanted to be famous and mm. Lou Pearlman had made some really famous people famous. And so yeah. it was a yeah. compelling sale to come to Orlando, try to become discovered, try to become famous. But it was also a very sleazy boiler room, borderline unethical scripts. Uh, definitely were putting people into a position to buy stuff that shouldn't have been spending the, the money on it. Yeah. Uh, the numbers, you know, you had to pay the whole $1,200 to attend mm. and, but you only had to pay 200 to secure the spot. Hmm. And the, the, but that was non-refundable in each payment you built up towards the 1200. So, you know, people would pay the two or the four and they'd never pay the 12 and they'd mm -hmm. never get the money back and they never go to the event. And and that probably happened more than people actually paid the whole 1200. Wow. See what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it, it sounds creepily like uh, a telemarketing job. I almost got until they wanted me to use a different name uh, when I was calling and I'm like, well, right, right, right off the, right off the bat, <laughs> That's all, a red all, flag. My, all my, all my red flags, mm -hmm. beacons, uh, you know, and, and as much as, you know, you always kind of need the money, especially in sales. Mm -hmm. When you're starting, you, you take the jobs. Um, and I'm fine with using scripts because that's mm -hmm. part of the job. But as me mm -hmm. uh, is one thing as Frank Jones or whatever yeah. the hell they wanted me to call mm -hmm. myself, because I think my name was maybe too ethnic or something. Uh, mm -hmm. It was absolutely uh, again, this is, uh, you know, all the red flags were up. So uh, obviously, yeah, that's sounds like where you sort of came up with. Okay. Um, some systems. Yeah, the, well, the, the thing is, yeah. we're talking negatively about the company, but there's a billionaire for a reason, to be clear. Oh, no, no, no. And, very, and again, it's very it's, it's, good. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah. And so what I sort yeah. of was like, oh, okay, if you take the coaching they're giving you, and you sort of extract the sleazy and the sort of unethical parts, and you apply the, the systems. skills. Yeah, the skills, the systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, no, you I hear you. Yeah. To, and that's what happened at Quicken Loans. I was doing mortgages for a legit company, yep. you know, but, and, it, and I saw the same skills. And then I went and worked for dot loop and Inman news and started curator and homes.com hired me to consult their inside teams. And everywhere I sort of was teaching what I learned decades ago, mm -hmm. just light bulbs going off. So I probably didn't understand how valuable the training was, but I was always a sponge. Yep. And I have just been teaching it ever since. So fast forward to owning a company and making the ink list and all these cool things. Uh, we, we were going to do a conference. So the genesis of the book, not the learnings in the book, was that I was getting ready for the first ever curator conference. And we did a survey to figure out what sessions at the conference we should do. Mm -hmm. Just sort of, hey, help us create the agenda. Yep. And there was like probably 25 choices. And the one that was the number one by far most voted for was lead conversion. Mm. And at the time, this yeah. is like probably 2016, right? 2015. Yep. Uh, at the time, a lot of people still hadn't figured out how to generate leads, even how to generate leads. But if you had a good company and a good system and a good partner, yeah. you had, you had started to figure out, okay, we can open the faucet and get the leads coming in. Yeah. The challenge is in turning them into appointments, turning those appointments into customers. Oh, yeah, that, 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 that I know I could talk for hours about. I don't think anyone would listen, uh, especially if I was the one talking. But that whole science behind, you know, getting a million leads 
and what to do with them. Mm-hmm. I know I've personally probably blown thousands of them, not knowing what to do with them early, yeah. early on. And it took me, I'm not, I'm not even joking, probably a decade mm-hmm. to just have a system that remotely resembles uh, organization because yeah. uh, I came from uh, a fitness background, fitness mm-hmm. membership sales, and, and they have systems. They're pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But follow up and, and that kind of stuff just had to do with, uh, you know, when they, uh, when they owed money and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was a mm-hmm. different, a whole different piece, not just to check in with people like uh, mm-hmm. a human relationship is, Hey, how's, you know, happy birthday. Uh, right. you know, how's, how's it's your dog doing yeah. human stuff. Mm-hmm. So I can see, I can see the light bulb went off for you. Obviously. Yeah. So I was like three months before the conference and I was just like, well, this is w- what I know better than anybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. b- because I just had made the 10,000 hours worth of dials and most people at that point hadn't, I was yeah. sort of like the original ISA, you can yeah. almost say. Yeah. And so I just started, you know, teaching this and training this and, uh, you know, you mentioned it, like people don't necessarily, you know, the, I will say the idea of scripts in general is very sleazy to people that you would even have a script that turns a lot of people off. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. and, and just sales in general, I've learned throughout my career, people sort of hate salespeople. It's one mm-hmm. of the themes in the new book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I decided like, I've got 90 days. I'm going to write the book. I wrote the book. I handed it to Wiley, my publisher the night before the conference started, I went on stage and presented the information mm-hmm. and it, it, it sort of blew up yeah. and it was like, Oh, wow, this is something that, uh, there's a big need for. And so people loved it and colleges started using it in their marketing departments like Johns Hopkins, NYU had me come teach the conversion code, you know, crazy cool stuff like that. I won a bunch of awards, accolades featured in the press, tons of copies sold thousand five-star reviews, but I got an email because now it's the second edition, Mm -hmm. you know, the one behind you. Yep. And I got an email from the head of marketing at Johns Hopkins and she said, Hey, we love your book. We've, you know, require it in our start, you know, marketing your startup course, but it's six years old. Are you going to update it? <laughs> and, you know, without saying it, she was saying, we can't continue to recommend it if you don't. Right. I, okay. And I understood mm. six years on the internet is a long time. It's it's uh, what, what's dog years. Is it, is mm-hmm. it, is it dog years? I'm not sure what the conversion may be more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about the fact that TikTok didn't exist and think about how massive and how much traction they have today. Oh, yeah. Think about the fact Overnight, that nobody almost. was watching vertical full screen videos. Reels didn't exist. People had just barely heard of stories. Yeah. You know, and then how about uh, things like user tracking and the, the pop-up, don't use this website is tracking mm. you, Yeah, you know, accept or decline. Uh, that sort of revolution happened as well. So the call, like when you would call people, when I wrote the first book, there wasn't like, a, it didn't say suspected spam. It didn't say silenced because it's junk like yeah. that is new yeah <laughs> like yeah. It, so that all happened call blocker there's apps and stuff you don't even need the apps anymore you know why the tell you know why at&t verizon all these big carriers probably rogers right yeah the reason that they did that is because the government forced them to mm-hmm. the government said you cannot allow the four billion robo calls per month to continue yeah 
what, and, but then what do people do? They get clever. They find workarounds. They start calling you from a number that's your area code. So you think it's something important. There, so people, because of all of those tactics that are deployed, yeah. hate salespeople. So your calls, just like all those other calls I hate getting. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I get calls from inside my own house. It's like there's a ghost calling me because obviously it's my own damn number ringing. And I don't know. How that's stupid a, I that have to one be. is like a moment, right? That's the, that's the weirdest. Like, that's the, that's like, like I, I knew I, there was an alternative. Again, like, reality. like, do I owe this guy money too? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. Yes. Uh, and I, and again, I just, I obviously, you know, usually mm -hmm. don't answer them because it's like that. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. The whole thing about people hating salespeople, I, I think is one of the reasons why I, I almost lead off by saying I'm a podcaster first. I'm a, I don't know. Right. A couple other things. And I'm, mm -hmm. a, I'm a realtor somewhere down the line of what I do, uh, because you're right. It's, it's, it's one of those, um, uh, yeah. It's one, kind of one of my buddies, Phil M. Jones, we wrote the book, exactly what to say for real estate agents. Great yeah. little book. Yeah. It's very, very popular in its own right. And he said, you know, when you get on a plane, uh, you know, he said, there's times where he wants to chat it up and there's times where he doesn't. Yeah. And he said, he's got a trick to where you can basically ensure no one will ever talk to you the whole flight. If you really want to get some rest yeah. and it, when, when they ask you what you do, just tell them you're a real estate agent. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest and, of the flight. And you'll get all peace and quiet. Yeah. yeah. Maybe well, now a little yeah. different, but the, the thing that I want really to drive home and the idea that marketing students around the country are learning this part from me mm -hmm because we know they don't teach this part in college, which is what's really fascinating, but they yeah. clearly they do, but it's a, it's, it's sort of a, a required reading within a semester or within a course. If you ask marketing people that have graduated recently, they're not teaching them Facebook ad manager. They're not teaching them uh, what goes into the TikToks that perform the best. Uh, they're not teaching them how to, increase your open rate on your next email marketing campaign. No, no, that, no, that, that that's reserved for you know, TikTok conversion conversations I have mm -hmm. with my 13 year old mm -hmm. and he explains it to me. That's the only way I understand it. Uh, so it's a matter of all this stuff, as you're saying, mm -hmm. is not, it's, you know, it's in a test tube. It's probably talked about, yeah. but not actually. Not in a textbook. So I not just, in like, a textbook. Test tube yeah. to textbook, which yeah, is a good right. analogy. But yeah. the beauty of the mantra of the book, which is stop chasing leads, it's above your left shoulder. Yeah. Stop chasing leads is good for both parties. If you're a real estate agent, if you're an ISA, mm -hmm. if you're a buyer's agent, you do not want to have to chase people down, call them a hundred times, hope they don't hang up on you, connect with very few of them. Yeah. It's demoralizing. It sucks. Yeah. And then if you're the person getting chased, it sucks too. It's a lose, lose. No, so, no, no. And, and, and relationships, I I've learned that from just not looking for, uh, when I was out in the, in, in the bar days and, uh, you know, my wife and I both weren't looking for each other at all. Mm -hmm. It was one of those kind of moments where, um, if, you know, and, and I, I use it as an example constantly, if, if either of us was looking for the other one, mm -hmm. like neither of us would have wanted any part of it. It was just mm -hmm. because we literally just didn't need each other. Yeah. And it was like this magical thing. And, and, sure. and, and if you're at all from Toronto, if you're listening to this, there's a place called the Brunswick house and it's the last place 
mm-hmm. would ever go expecting to have a relationship. It's the yeah. ultimate watering hole right mm-hmm. down by U of T, uh, mm-hmm. downtown Toronto. It's not there anymore, but again, historic, that kind of thing. So um, when I read the title of the book and of course, knowing that it was you, um, mm-hmm. that attracting that, 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 you know, that attracting element to me, I, I know mm-hmm. um, it's not the common theme I, 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 you know, I see or read about. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you're um, teaching that. Yeah. Happy to. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So basically I think the, um, you know, I think the, the whole training of, of, uh, you know, again, all of us in sales that are going through this, I think the, um, the stop chasing leads part of it, start attracting clients. Uh, to me, that that's, that's always been something that, uh, you know, really, makes, you know, makes a big difference. Um, so how are you finding as far as, uh, again, obviously you're getting, you know, you're getting all the really great reviews from the book. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm suggesting, uh, you know, basically that everyone who's listening to this, go out and grab a copy. Um, so how are you, how are you finding, uh, people implementing, um, some of the, some of the elements so far? Yeah. Well, one of the ones. things that was great about the first book was there were, there were these, this certain sort of bucket of tactics that people would do. And they were the ones that you could just do right then. You didn't have to sign up for anything. You didn't have to grab a pen and paper and think through it. It was just sort of like, Hey, go on Facebook and ask your friends how old they were when they bought their first home. (laughs) Yeah. And, and by doing so you'd get hundred comments and you normally get one. I'm pretty sure I did that uh, Mm -hmm. as a result of you asking. It's just clicking now that I think I remember you saying something about that. So there was that one. Another one was the nine word email, which was just like, look, send this to all your old leads and see what happens. And so people just said, are you still thinking about buying a home soon? And people would send it to thousands of leads that had never responded and they'd get a handful of like, oh shit, like this guy's still (laughs) interested. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. And so I, I recognized and my co-founder at curator, Jimmy, he sort of said, you know, people were doing the book as they read the book. Mm-hmm. And so I leaned into that. So this time there's, there's actually a design. I don't know if I can, yeah, you can see this, this page actually says a lot. So like, I don't know if people can see, but basically mm-hmm. see the yep. little, uh, rectangle that's shaded in yep. that is a do this right now. So okay. it, it actually makes it very simple. I didn't even know which one I was going to turn to here. It's sort of like a uh, magic <laughs> trick, but this yeah. one I'll get, let me give your audience this one. Cause they can try it, you know, Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. run a poll in an Instagram story and check back later to see who answered the poll and what their answers were. So it's some of the stuff is super simple where it would be like, uh, you know, do you currently own a home or, uh, you know, are you loving the weather? Like, but the, but the, the reason that I'm talking about that, the do it right now, the setup to that is polls mm-hmm. in stories, three yeah. X to five X reach when they get answers. So yeah. Instagram shows them to your sort of super inner circle. If they're taking the poll. Yeah. Just like if you said, Hey, follow this account. If they're clicking the mention you do, yeah, that is a signal and it gets more reach. And so this was kind of a part of the book where I was like, Hey, you should be doing polls on your stories. And the cool trick is you do a poll in the first story. It gets a lot of clicks, a lot of reach, a lot of engagement, every other story that you basically post for the next kind of day after Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. it's going to have views in relation to the lead story. So if your first one gets a thousand because you did the poll, it wasn't like a link. It wasn't, you know, it was kind of fun. Let's call it. 
Mm-hmm. Well, your next one's going to get 900 and the next one's going to get 820 and the next one's going to get 740. Like they're, they're, it's connected. Yeah. So that's what this book is. People can actually kind of test as they go and they can try stuff. So there's things like that for Twitter, for LinkedIn, for Instagram, for TikTok, for reels, for videos, for email marketing. Uh, and so I want people to, honestly, I hate to say this, but if they just went from those bot, like if they were just skimming, because yeah. a lot of people do, if they just skimmed to those do it right nows, total home run, they would love the book. And then the same thing with the visuals, which I think you might've seen when I held the book up there yeah. too. I yeah. invested heavily in research and visualization of the data that I was able to pull together. And I went all out. It's beautiful. It's all kind of like triple checked as far as the source and the sample size and the, yeah. you know, you, you have to do some of that stuff and you should, but it's another way for, I'm just optimizing, like, you know, the world changed and the attention spans are low and everything, mm-hmm. social media and reels are good and short stuff does better. Yeah. Books have to adapt too. Yeah. So if I can't give somebody a book that they can skim and really quickly see a big graphic, read that, get a little nugget, maybe go to the next one. Maybe they don't ever read it. And then what about sharing? You're going to take a picture of a book, just all the words. No. If you want people to share what you have, visualize it. Now they can snap it and tweet it, et cetera. Yeah. So that none of that was done in the first book. Uh, and it shouldn't have been now it should be. So I'm, ad- I'm adapting the book, just like I'm adapting the advice in the book. Yeah. Um, which no, has that's, been a fun it's, process. it's, it's absolutely brilliant that you're doing that because again, the, uh, uh, what's the, what's the, what's the saying? It's not the, it's not the strongest of the species that survive. It's the ones that are most adaptable, uh, that survive the longest. So as far as adapting the, uh, the material. And, and again, I, I've, again, I'm always sort of uh, admiring the, the stuff that you're doing on Twitter. Uh, and I'm in the same position where um, if this podcast is to, is to actually be successful, it actually might have to be a 20 second podcast. Mm-hmm. And we'd have to get right down to those, uh, you know, those, those gold nuggets, which I try to mm-hmm. take out after we do them. And again, I'm just learning that now. Uh, yeah. This is after four years and mm-hmm. 700 odd episodes again just just practice and, and still mm-hmm. world's okayest uh is going to be my steady term i'm, I'm never going to get past that level uh because yeah. I, I i still want to be you know learning mm-hmm. from again people like you who are kind enough to again uh, join me and again just so that everybody hears the backstory i literally just cold messaged or cold email tweeted me i don't remember yeah. it may have been yeah. a tweet i think it was yeah. a tweet i, I cold tweeted you so mm-hmm. um i don't cold call as much as i used to but uh i cold message and i said mm-hmm. uh, i'd love to talk to you about this uh if you want to join me on the podcast and it was again just it was almost instant and uh, uh good to go so well, again, let me give that- everybody a quick pro tip on podcasting yourself included yeah if, if you ever want to book a really good guest just find the author's whose books are coming out currently. Yeah. Because when you're in launch mode and you're in pre pre-order, you know, build the buzz mode. That's the time. Yeah. Oh, you'll say yes to pretty much any <laughs> opportunity. Cause just like, cause well, it ends, you know, it's like, a, it's a sprint. It's not a, it, you know, you, you can't spam all the time. You have to no, throw no, no, some no, jabs. No. And I don't even feel, and, 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 and I feel special no matter what you say, but the mm-hmm. fact that I was able to, again, 
get you at a good time and, and have you yeah. join me to me. Um, that's again, good for, I think for everybody involved. It is. Um, and I actually learned one of the, one of the things I learned about Twitter and I've, I've been, I've been a student of that for, mm -hmm. forever. Um, and I've actually spoken about, uh, using geolocations and hashtags and things like that at a, at a century 21 conference a few years ago, they had me up talking about it. Um, mm -hmm. but one of the best things I've learned is from other, um, from other, um, disciplines. So for writers, mm -hmm. I follow writers and lawyers more than I follow realtors, just cause I like seeing what they're doing in their things. Um, and you obviously you're a writer, so you probably know the writer's life hashtag, Mm -hmm. The um, uh, writer's uh, lift writer's lift is another really big hashtag. And mm -hmm. these guys are better at it than anybody I know, as far as like lifting other writers and sort mm -hmm. of boosting people. Because if, if I'm not mistaken, you don't have to give away secrets here. And I hate that I'm going off topic, but you said, you know, all, all topics are good um, for a lot of these writers who don't have any Twitter followers. They literally have to have uh, X amount of, I don't know what the number is, but they have to have a certain amount of Twitter followers before even the um, publishing companies mm -hmm. will give them to get a book minutes. deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I don't know anything mm -hmm. about that, but that's well, what the, the, let me, I'll strip it away from Twitter followers. Yeah. If you can't, if you don't have a large platform and audience, if they don't believe that you can sell thousands of books yeah, there, it's really hard to get a book deal. And so, but there's people that can do that without a Twitter following per se. Yeah. But if you don't have a large, like some people could move tons of books through a Facebook group. Yeah. yeah. You know, for me, it's sort of a hybrid of social and email. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Wiley is not going to sign you up if you can't sell. 5,000, 10,000 copies yeah. of a book. And to do that, you need people paying attention to you. Mm -hmm. And and to do that, you have to be interesting for the four years, five years in between books that you put out Very uh, cool. yeah. or else all the people that followed you, you know, then they disappear. So yeah, I'm sort of, you can self-publish easier than ever. And I think everybody has probably some sort of a book in them. Yeah. Uh, and so I wouldn't let what I'm saying discourage people with small platforms mm -hmm. from writing a book as a yeah. part of their, you know, strategy or just bucket list. Yeah. But yeah, getting a book deal, you're right. There is a blue check mark sort of required. Uh, that's what I've yeah, that's from a student of again, I, I'm a behind the scenes and, and, and I and I've said this out loud and, and, and it almost sounds ridiculous. But in terms of the people I want to be most like as a podcaster, it's it, mm -hmm. it's no one it's no one you'd ever think of it's it's Scorsese. Mm -hmm. I want if if Scorsese was a podcaster and the way he tells stories, mm -hmm. that's what I would love to do. I'll never do it. I'll never get mm -hmm. there. But mm -hmm. just being that sort of um, uh, student of again people's people's movements and 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 their mm -hmm. mannerisms and even the music and 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 you know again I told you we're going to talk about t-shirts. Uh, I've got the largest t-shirt collection I believe uh, in the city of Toronto. I don't think anybody yes. has more than me. I've got like about a thousand rock shirts, mm -hmm. novelty shirts. I was going to wear the Godfather shirt. Are they all decided, black or are they? No, very no, no, no. They're all over the place. But um, that's all I've ever worn. Um, and I've gotten more. 
conversations because that's really what it's about. When I'm picking the kids up from school, I'll wear the Iron Maiden Mm T-shirt and not even think about it. And all of a sudden, 20 other dads have gathered around me to tell me their Iron Maiden stories. Mm-hmm. And there's no way I would have ever known that that guy and that guy even listened to Iron Maiden. I don't look like I do, but I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those weird little sort of side stories. And that's sure. uh, where a lot of life happens is, is the mm-hmm. sort of between the notes, I guess it's called the life happens or music. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the best music. I forget that I, I'm, I'm full of like unfinished quotes. I just, I know the, the basics of it, but there's music um, the, the real music is in between the notes or, mm-hmm. or life is in between those moments that you think are big moments. Those little mm-hmm. moments um, to me are, are the big ones. And, you know, you learn that as a father and as a husband and all that other stuff that you try to learn. But um, yeah. So again, we, we definitely have gone off the rails uh, and, and you're probably regretting signing up for this. No, but, it's uh, quite all right. All right. Well, anyways, you know what? I don't want to take up any more of your time for now. I always kind of, call these things uh, works in progress to be continued. So when the third edition comes out, uh, mm-hmm. we'll be doing that or, or something yes. else happens. But I really wanted to say thank you, Chris, for touching into uh, some of the touchstones of this, again, this just, you know, brilliant, uh, brilliant uh, piece of art, piece of work that you've done. Um, and uh, any anything that you wanted to add before, uh, before we call? No, no, if people are in marketing or sales, Check out the book, theconversioncode.com, both, Amazon. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon.ca. Yeah. Uh, you, you'll see all the other books I've written there, but the yeah. new edition uh, is the edition to get for sure. And uh, I hope people pick it up. And I hope next time you interview me, you know, it's me, you, and Martin, you know, talking about uh, the art of the book. Oh, yeah. That, uh, that would be off. absolutely awesome. I uh, look forward to it. Cool. Thanks, All right. Man. Well, thanks again for your time today, Chris. Yeah. Listen, keep in touch. Let me know when you post it. And, uh, you know, I, I was being completely serious with that tip. Um, you know, we had a pretty good thing going with the water cooler where, yeah, you know, it, when it went sort of beyond our network of people that we could tap into to get really good guests, you know, yeah. which was a lot like, uh, you know, 100, 150 people that we sort of looked up to over yeah. time we were able to interview yeah um but when we sort of said okay we're kind of tired of that and let's look outside the industry more it was people reaching out that weren't us where there wasn't that context yeah. and i think that caused our team that was doing that outreach to figure out very quickly like just figure out what business books are coming out for us business you know you know uh, what i i, it, I absolutely love tactic. that yeah yeah. I know I've got, I have actually, I don't have people work on my desk here, but I got Gary V to write the foreword for people work in a barter huh. when, when his book was coming out yeah. and I bought like 500 books mm-hmm. in exchange for that forward. We just wheeling and dealing in the back channel, slinging books. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, no. Again, it, 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 as I said, the behind the scenes to me, uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll watch a two hour documentary about a movie that I haven't seen yet. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that's just that's just how interested I am. I'll, 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 I think I've watched the behind the scenes with um, uh, Francis Ford Coppola narrating sure. The Godfather. I've watched that more than I've watched The Godfather. That's just because I love hearing those little backstories. And there's a movie, actually, weirdly yeah. enough 
total off topic as well, coming out about mm-hmm. the story behind the writing of the book and how it almost didn't happen and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And I, I don't know if there's going to be any horse heads involved, but the, <laughs> but the, but the point is again, all these behind the scenes stories. I think that's what for me makes podcasts so interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. I love horror podcasts. I love music podcasts. Uh, and again, Chris, uh, you joining me for this to me and, and, and giving me some of these really great tips. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be forever appreciative of that. No problem. Happy to okay. do it. Thanks. Thanks for yeah. your time as well. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, buddy. Yep. Okay.